Dear listener and fellow story lover, welcome back to Stories from Before. Thank you for tuning in again. This week's story is sweet and unfolds gently. In some respects, it is almost parable-like. Spending time in David's world is enlightening and one of curious synchronicity, the way life so often works. I hope you enjoy this week's Stories from Before. The Garden Across the Road and the Two Who Could Not See It Written by Zona Gale Read by Selena Cadell by permission of the Lutterworth Press Music by Stacey Weir Mother? Yes, David. Is a honeysuckle anything the shape of a bird? No, dear. Not just that shape. Whenever I think of a honeysuckle, I most always think of birds. The blind boy touched the honeysuckle growing over the porch. I never touched a bird, he said. Mother, could you tell me about today? Tell him about today. The woman who sat near him was resting her head against her chair in utter weariness. The day in the packing house at the jam factory had been unendurable. The endless rows of jars and bottles, the endless roll of trucks and hammering of covers and shoving of boxes and noise of vans outside, they were all in her head and her eyes till her body was sick with weariness. And there were thirty shillings yet to save, yet to earn. Yet, when David asked it, she began to tell him about today, as she had told him every day for more than three years when the illness had taken his sight. Well, today, she said, has bright air, David. Away over there the sun is going down and it looks like a big shiny ball on a bright sky. I thought it was a day like that. Now tell me about the garden across the road, mother. The garden across the road was a wonderful place about which David was never tired of hearing. But in these last days it held new interest because there were new tenants. One was an old man who sat a great deal alone in the sun and very often there came to see him a young man in a big motor who was always rushing away. Up the path from the gate to the house, his mother told him now, is a long avenue of beech trees planted years and years ago and arching overhead. And on one side of the garden, the wall is covered with jasmine. It has white flowers all over it, like beautiful stars. In the beds are rows of tall white lilies, made on purpose for moonlight, but just as beautiful in sunlight. Then there is a paved walk leading to the pergola, with honeysuckle and wild clematis over it, and the clematis flowers turn silky and as soft as mother's shawl. And over the front door is a tea rose in bloom, and a thrush in it. You can hear him sing. You know about him, David? Oh, yes, the child said. I know about it all. Not plain, you know, but just dim and right like you would in a dream, you know, mother. His mother took him in her arms. Thirty shillings more before she could take him for the operation. 
the 30 shillings was the last of the sum that she and David's father had set themselves to earn for the operation that might restore the child's sight. That was three years ago, just after the sight had gone. After the father's death, she'd got on as best she could, toiling, saving a little, until now the sum was almost enough for their fares to London and for her lodgings while the child was in the Ebbett Hospital, where surgical care was given free to such as she and David. Before eight in the mornings, David's mother left the house to go to her work. David was always in the garden in front of their cottage in his big chair. Sometimes a boy who lived down the village street came to read to him or take him for a walk, and David waited for his coming. The next morning the boy did not come, and the summer day lay about David, audible, like an invitation. And as he sat there, strange excitement filled David. Never in the three years since his blindness came had he left the house alone. But why should he not just go over to that garden across the road? With his stick, with which he tapped about the house, he felt his way down the path to the gate. Almost the silence and the fragrance of the garden would have made David know how beautiful was that avenue up which he went. He knew how it all looked. So often his mother had recited it to him, and when his feet touched the smooth walk, he kept on towards the pergola. But when he had reached it and felt his way up the shallow steps and breathed the scent of the lilies and jasmine and honeysuckle, his heart stood still in sudden fear. Out of the pergola came a voice, querulous and quavering. "'Who's there?' it said. "'Just me,' said David, "'from the cottage across the road.' There was a moment of silence. Then the voice asked, "'Uh, are you in much of a hurry?' "'No, sir,' said David.' for by now he had made sure that the voice belonged to the old man of the garden, and how strange it ran through his mind that he had dreamed about him so many times and had played that he was the old gentleman in the beautiful garden, and now here he was, only a little brighter than the dim dreaming. "'Well, then,' said the old man, "'be good enough to sit down and look around you and tell me what you see.' David stood for an instant in simple speechlessness. "'I can't see very well,' the voice said testily. "'I'm old, and my eyes are giving out. "'I want somebody to tell me about the garden. "'And they're all so busy,' he added fretfully. "'Just for a minute, David hesitated, "'wondering if indeed he dared. "'Then he began to speak in his quiet voice. "'Today,' David said, has bright air. Right overhead the sun is shining like a big shiny ball on a bright sky. David did not know how the old man bent forward, leaning on his stick to listen, from time to time looking up as if he saw the things that David told. Up the path from the gate to the house, David's little voice took him under the beech trees planted years and years ago and arching overhead, past the jasmine-covered wall and the tall white lilies made for moonlight but just as beautiful in sunlight, and on the paved walk and into the pergola where they sat under the clematis 
turning silky and soft as somebody's shawl. When the old man spoke, his voice was subtly different. What a lot you see, my little man, he said. You see more than many who are old. How can you see so much? At this, David stammered and was silent, and he would have told the old man the truth, but it was as if the first temptation of his life assailed him, a poor, pitiful little temptation. In his pride and importance at being thought to have sight, he could not bring himself to own to the old man that he was blind. "'Tell me more about it,' said that old man presently, and almost gently. They'd been sitting together for almost an hour, David telling about the day and night, as his mother had told them to him, and the old man listening and remembering forgotten things, when a quick step sounded on the paved walk leading to the pergola. David knew instantly that this would be the younger man in the big motor who was always rushing away. "'Uncle Ned!' the new voice cried. "'What do you mean by this idleness when I come by appointment to talk business?' "'Bless me,' said the old man. "'I forgot all about you. Sit down.' "'I'm only a moment,' said the young doctor, and quite unintentionally ignoring David, who sat with his head down, poking at the ground with his stick, and longing with all his might to run away. "'It's about the Ebbett property, Uncle Ned. What are you going to do?' It was strange and terrible as well to hear how the old man's voice changed. "'Do?' he said irritably. "'Well, I propose to sell it, naturally. What else can I do? I've let the hospital go on for ten years, and they've never paid me a penny of rent.' You know that it has trebled in value and my chance has come to sell it for more than it's worth. I propose to sell. The young doctor spoke quietly. We have tried everywhere, he said, to raise money sufficient to buy it of you. We cannot get it. If you do sell, it means there will be no Ebbett Hospital. Before the old man could answer, David had sprung to his feet. No Abbott Hospital, he cried. Oh, don't let the hospital not be. Don't let it not be. The young doctor looked at the child in amazement. Now what do you mean by that? demanded the old man. Oh, said David, we've only got thirty shillings more to save. Then I'm going to have it, the operation, in the Abbott Hospital, where it's all free, excepting the rail fares to London and mother's lodgings while we're there. It won't take us long. Oh, please wait till then. Operation for what? What are you talking about? The old man was beginning in bewilderment. But the young doctor had David fast by the arms and was looking into his face, and he knew even before David spoke. I'm blind, David owned, flushing to the line of his hair to be found out. He who had been so arrogant in describing today. You're what? uttered the old man. He's blind. "'Uncle Ned,' said the young doctor, "'and to the old man's amazed questioning, David confessed. "'I couldn't help but tell you about the garden,' he said. "'Mother's told me so often it's the next best thing to seeing. "'So when you asked me, I told. "'I, I, I like pretending I could see. "'I'm afraid it was a lie. "'But it's only thirty shillings to the truth,' "'David said very near to tears.' 
if I get well, just as soon as Mother earns it in the factory. If only you don't take the hospital away. There are other hospitals, but what the old man would have said died on his lips. Somehow all those for whom the Ebbett Hospital had cared for in those ten years would care for down the future, if he would let it be so, seemed standing there before him in the little person of David from the cottage across the road. It's for folks like these, the young doctor tried to say, but something was the matter with his voice and he gave it up and rose to go. Tell the child your answer, Uncle Ned, he said. I'll be back tonight for mine. When he was three steps or four from them, the old man's voice followed him. Well, he said, I won't sell until after the child's eyes have been operated on anyway. And mind, he added, that you don't wait for any thirty shillings either. Done, cried the young doctor. The weeks in the hospital were long for David, but to David's mother, in her fear for what the end might be, they were far longer. When it was near the time for the removal of the bandages, they let David come home, and in the early dusk, when the test was to be made, the old man and the young doctor were both there with David's mother. Of all the times of the year for one to wake, that time was best. And when the bandage came away, the whole twilight world lay there before David. Mother! Oh, mother! was all David cried. Not till he heard the little voice could the old man turn, standing over by the window, staring over towards where he knew his garden lay. You've got to be eyes for me, remember, he said presently to David. And then he added wistfully, You didn't think I meant that, about selling the hospital, did you? The young doctor pretended to be talking to David's mother, but David looked up joyfully in the old man's face. Oh no, he cried, not now, when I can see your face. The End I hope you enjoyed this enchanting story of sight, vision and love. Please subscribe to this podcast and share it with your family and friends. I hope you enjoy a lovely week and I look forward to being with you next week when I again share stories from before.